Hello and welcome to The Journey Inward, your new podcast BFF on the road home to yourself. My name is Christina, your host, and today we're talking about moving from anger to understanding. I am so excited to talk about this. It was a crucial and is a crucial step in moving towards forgiveness and liberation from everything that can weigh on us and sit heavy on our shoulders, making it hard to enjoy life and move with ease. Before we hop in, I would like to take a moment to thank everyone who listens to this podcast. It is truly such a passion project and I am honored. And if you find that this podcast is enjoyable or helpful for you, please rate it. It helps a ton. I often forget to say things like this, um, but I want to take a moment to, yeah, encourage you to engage with the content. Um, If it serves you, if it brings up something in you that helps you get closer to your own truth, that is ultimately my goal. And so if this is something that you think other people in your life could benefit from, please send it their way. So today we're talking about moving from a place of anger and transforming that into understanding. And I want to start this off by saying that anger is not a negative emotion. I know that I was taught that anger wasn't a safe feeling to express. And I think a lot of these like beliefs, you know, I'm not even sure where I picked that up. But I, I do know that I suppressed my anger and I turned it inward towards myself. And I remember always thinking, like, I'm not an angry person. Like, I never get angry at people. I never yell at people. And then I realized I had this moment. I was like, oh, you are a deeply angry person. Actually, you're just angry at yourself. And I think that anger can manifest in so many different ways. And I want to start by saying that it's okay to feel angry. I think that if you are a kind-hearted person, which I am willing to bet that you are, that life sometimes tramples you a little bit and people sometimes take advantage of that kindness. And when this happens repeatedly, it can start to feel like an inescapable pattern It can start to feel like something that you're doomed for, that it'll just keep repeating itself. And it can be something that I know for me, I started to blame myself. Like I am the only common denominator in all of these experiences. Surely it must be my fault that these things keep happening to me. And I know that that's why I turn my anger inward. But anger that we feel towards other people in our life, all of this anger, it does serve a purpose. Letting ourselves feel our emotions serves a purpose, but I know it's easy to stay there, to turn bitter, to let that anger consume you and pull you down, weigh you down. And I know that for me, coming to a place of understanding why I was angry and understanding, I think more just about humans and why humans do what they do and specifically how little it has to do with me that we are all just coping with the pain that we have inside. And when people would be unkind to me, I would make it about me. I I would think that this is my fault, I brought this on. But truly, when someone is unkind to us, it has everything to do with them. 
I know that I am a storyteller at heart and it is the easiest way for me to translate myself to other people and to share my experiences. And so from my heart to yours, I would love to tell you a story about the most anger I've ever felt. This is the story of growing up in the Mormon church as someone who is very queer. Queerness in the Mormon church is a touchy subject. It is in the doctrine that they believe that marriage and love is between man and a woman. And as the times have changed and as of more people, as more people have begun to accept and embrace their queerness, come out of the closet, they have started to have more conversations around queerness. And essentially the message that I walked away with is you're allowed to be queer here. Yep, you're allowed to come and pay 10% of your income, which I did <laughs> until I was 20. You're allowed to pay 10% of your income. You're allowed to sit in our pews and listen to our sermons. And we will accept you. But if you ever act on your sexuality, if you ever find love, you will no longer be given access to our temples, to a good standing with the church as far as your membership. And they made it very clear that they believe that homosexuality is a sin and they compared it to murder, um, <laughs> which feels like literally it's so wild talking about this because it's so absolutely absurd um, that a religion walks around saying that who you love is such a sin that it is comparable only to ending someone's life. So that was the culture that I grew up in as a queer, non-binary, as human. <laughs> very, very queer. I'm queer in so many ways. And so that was the culture that I was surrounded by. That was the culture that my family lived in. That was the culture that was my entire life. And of course, I turned on myself when I realized that I wasn't what I was supposed to be. Of course, I felt judged and angry. And I remember when I left the church and when I came out of the closet and when I truly embarked on my own journey and like put down the roles that other people had wanted me to fill. When I did that, I felt a small bit of freedom combined with mountains and mountains of shame, of anger, and it was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking to watch my community leave me. It was heartbreaking to be treated differently. It was heartbreaking to witness my family add space between me and them and express their disappointment in my choices. I was angry that it was the way it was. I was angry that a religion made it so that I couldn't be close to my family and my friends. I was angry that they chose to stay in the religion instead of embracing who I am. And I stayed in that anger and it ate me alive. And it made me feel worthless. It made me feel confused and lost. I think sometimes when you feel something so clearly and you feel like you see it so clearly, it can be devastating when the people closest to you don't share your beliefs. 
And as I walked down the journey of finding self-compassion for myself and trying to understand and tease apart the experience I had and make peace with it, I think the peace and alleviation of all of these feelings came from understanding. Because I was so hurt and disappointed, I was firmly planted in my own feelings and I ruminated in them and I sat in them. And from that point of view, it felt impossible to understand why someone would choose a religion over their family. It felt impossible to understand why someone would go out of their way to express how you've let them down by choosing yourself. I firmly believe that everyone is trying their best. They are trying their best with the information that they have, the understanding that they've accessed and the level of self-compassion and awareness that they have with themselves. I looked at my community and my friends and my family and I decided to see them through a lens of compassion. And then I saw it, I saw how this religion, the, the very thing that drove me to my absolute rock bottom was something that made them better people. <laughs> I was able to see that the religion was something that made them feel comfort in this world. It was something that brought them peace. It was something that made them feel belonging and community. And I want that for them in the same way that I want belonging and community for myself. And that's why I left the church to find it. And as I looked at that, and as I realized that they weren't trying to hurt me, they were trying to stay true to their morals. It helped me have so much more compassion for myself and for them. Yes, we are very different people and we chose very different paths but I no longer wanted them to abandon their truth for mine. And I stopped needing that because I stopped putting my existence into their hands and saying, am I enough? Because the answer wasn't gonna be what I wanted it to be because they had ideas in their mind about what is right and what is wrong, but that doesn't have to be what's right and what's wrong for me. And so I stopped giving over my power to them. And I started to sit with myself and ask myself, who am I? What is my North Star? Where are my morals? Where do those lie? And I came to the conclusion that I, like everyone else, am just trying to do the best that I can with the information that I have. And that understanding set me free. And it let me move towards forgiveness. And it let me have relationships with those people again. Because I no longer was only sitting in my hurt and my pain and only being able to see the world through those colored lens of betrayal. I stepped out of my own experience and looked at the collective experience of being human. And I saw the way that their lives would crumble if they left the church, that their entire lives were built upon the church, that I didn't need them to do that in order for me to be okay with myself. After I came to a place of understanding 
then I was able to see things more clearly. And I started to look at my situation and realize that any energy I gave to hating on something or being bitter and angry, that was energy that I couldn't spend on building the life of my dreams. That was energy I didn't get to keep for myself. That was energy I didn't get to give my loved ones. A lot of people, when they leave the church, they go on this journey of becoming a very angry ex-Mormon. And I did too. I was angry and it ruled my life. And now I don't even think about the church very much at all because they don't get any more of me. They had my childhood. They had my early adulthood. I gave them my sense of worthiness. I gave them money. I gave them time. They don't get more of me. It's interesting even talking about Mormon culture and those beliefs because I'm so far removed from them that I don't even identify as ex-Mormon. I love the term (laughs) post-Mormon. I love thinking of it as something that happened to me, something that I went through, something that I was born into, and something that I moved on from. I don't need to spend my life hating it. I don't even need to spend my life trying to change it. And I think that that's what a lot of, especially queer people, settle on is that They need to stay in the church or stay close to toxic people that are in the church because it is their responsibility to change it from the inside out. But that is not how it works. And that is not your responsibility. And the more that I am able to protect my peace, the more I can move forward in my life with love and actually make an impact in the world and actually do something that feels important to me because I'm not giving all of that energy to my past. I'm looking forward to my future. Of course, an experience like this, growing up in a religion, leaving it, coming out, it's a very niche experience. But my hope is that through sharing my my story, that you are able to see the common threads of anger, resentment, acceptance in your own story. The lessons in the story can be applied to a million different scenarios because the truth is, is that as people, we hurt each other sometimes. We mess up, we get lost, we take things out on other people around us, we take things out on ourselves and that hurts the people around us. Being a human is messy and it's complicated. And I am 100% willing to bet that you have been hurt before that you've been betrayed, that you've been belittled and shamed. After you've been hurt, I think it's really natural to obsess over why the person did what they did, why, what led up to the thing that happened to you happening. And what I've come to realize is that that's not my karma to sort out. I don't need to understand why someone did what they did to know that I wouldn't do that. People make decisions based on a complex web of their lived experiences, their morals, their ideas about the world, where they were at at that specific day, and their level of self-compassion towards themselves. 
And I know that the people that I've met that are the most self-compassionate, the most loving towards themselves, they are willing to acknowledge when they have hurt someone and they're willing to sit with that person and make room for the contradiction of who they thought they were and the impact that they actually had. And if someone has hurt you in your life and they have not been able to give you that, it is likely due to the fact that they don't have a relationship with themselves that has room for the truth. They likely don't have a relationship with themselves that involves compassion and they take out the anger that they feel about themselves on other people. This can even be applied to our own actions. When you think back to a time where you've made a mistake, where you've hurt someone, why did you do that thing? I am willing to bet that it is because there was something hurting in you. We treat people how we treat ourselves. If we cannot make space for ourselves, we cannot make space for other people. I think it's incredibly hard to understand when others don't carry the same softness and sensitivity that you do. And I think that our job as kind-hearted people that are doing our best is to realize that we don't need to understand why people do what they do. We don't need to try to fix or change them. We need to witness their behavior and adjust our position to them accordingly. We need to believe their behaviors over their words. People will show you how they feel about you. They will tell you who you are to them with time. And it is our job to believe them. Don't make excuses for people. Don't think that you can save people from themselves. People will only change when they are sick of their own patterns and choose to change. So if people tell us who they are, it is our job to believe them and choose people who show us love, who show us patience, who show us grace. And we can spot these people by noticing how they treat themselves and those around them. If you are craving a life that is aligned and soft and compassionate, and has space for all of you. If we're wanting to be people that have lives that are compassionate, aligned, full of beauty and light, it is our responsibility to use the pain that other people have thrown at us, to use our own mistakes and regrets as opportunities to open us up instead of shutting us down. It's about realizing that not everyone has your best intentions at heart because they don't have their own best intentions at heart. They're moving through the world in a way that you are not. And it's choosing not to let their hardness sway your kindness, their pride sway your peace, their bitterness to turn you cold. That's a power that we don't want to give anyone. Coming to a place of understanding is setting yourself free of other people's bullshit, of past versions of you, that bullshit. It's giving yourself the compassion of realizing that you are a human, everyone around you is human, we all make mistakes, and the only thing that you have control over is this very moment and the decisions that you make moving forward to open up instead of shutting down and to let love in from people who are also doing the work to love themselves wholeheartedly. Leaving the church and the emotional turmoil that came with that is one example, one example of something that hurt me. But there's been many because like everyone else, I am human. 
And I know that I am a good and kind human. And I know that people that are missing things within themselves and are not willing to look for it in their own inner soul, they look for it in other people. And there's been many times in my life where I have felt used, where I have been neglected, abused, shamed, silenced by people who saw the light in me because they have light in themselves, because we all do. And they try to take it for themselves or belittle me and bring me down to their level. There are a myriad of ways in which hurt people will hurt people. And I want to share a poem with you by Rupi Carr from her book, Milk and Honey. This poem really helped me during a time where I was experiencing betrayal in my love life and sort of an accumulation of all of these feelings of feeling used, feeling used up, feeling taken advantage of. And I hope that this poem brings you peace if you feel any of those feelings in your life. I will tell you about selfish people. Even when they know they will hurt you, they walk into your life to taste you because you are the type of being that they don't want to miss out on. You are too much shine to not be felt. So when they have gotten a good look at everything you have to offer, when they have taken your skin, your hair, your secrets with them, when they realize how real this is, how much of a storm you are and it hits them, that is when the cowardice sets in. That is when the person you thought they were is replaced with the sad reality of what they are. That is when they lose every fighting bone in their body and leave after saying, you will find better than me. You will stand there naked with half of them still hidden somewhere inside of you and sob, asking them why they did it, why they forced you to love them when they had no intention of loving you back. And they'll say something along the lines of, I just had to try. I had to give it a chance. It was you, after all. But this isn't romantic. It isn't sweet. The idea that they were so engulfed by your existence that they had to risk breaking it for the sake of knowing they weren't the one missing out. Your existence meant that little next to their curiosity of you. That is the thing about selfish people. They gamble entire beings, entire souls to please their own. One second they are holding you like a world in their lap and the next they have belittled you to a mere picture, a moment, something of the past, one second. They swallow you up and whisper they want to spend the rest of their life with you. But the moment they sense fear, they are already halfway out the door without having the nerve to let you go with grace as if the human heart meant that little to them. And after all of this, after all the taking, the nerve, isn't it sad and funny how people have more guts these days to undress you with their fingers than they do to pick up the phone and call, apologize for the loss. And this is how you lose her. <sighs> yeah, let's all take a deep collective breath together. You are a prize. You are worthy of protecting. You are worthy of taking up space. You are worthy of being met. 
you are worthy of being loved. And the only way that we can get there is by loving ourselves. The only way we can possibly make room for abundance and true, true matches in, in so many different regards, not just romantic, so many different regards. The only way that we can make space to have those aligned matches in our lives is by making space for us to be aligned within ourselves, for us to belong to ourselves, for a fierce self-compassion and love to move through us. If you've been wronged, which you most certainly have, I am sending you peace and understanding, care and compassion. It is not a simple thing to be kind in a cruel world. It's not a simple thing to stay kind when the world continues to be cruel. You've been broken open and that can be an excruciating experience. My hope for you is that through that breaking, through that cracking, there becomes room for light to get in. In the next episode, we're going to be discussing what we can do with this understanding. And that is forgiveness. The true secret to moving on. The true secret to finding more for yourself. There is so much waiting for you. There's so much waiting for you. I believe in you and I'm rooting for us. Your invitation this week is to write a letter to someone you still hold anger and resentment towards. I have done this many times and 90% of the time, the person never received the letter because it's not about them. And most likely, if they are the type of person that has hurt you the way that they have, your words will not be enough to break through the hard shell that they've created to protect themselves. And it is not your responsibility to get them to wake up to their wrongs. It is not your responsibility to get them to apologize. I would recommend writing this letter when you have time, when you have space, sit down and let everything pour out. And then finish it by giving them grace for your own sake. Some of the most transformative moments for me in writing these letters has been forgiveness, has been saying, hey, you did some fucked up shit. And I'm not going to speak to why you did it, but I know that there must be some big pain in you that caused you to take it out on me. And I hope that you find compassion for yourself so you can stop hurting other people. I think by writing these letters, we give ourselves the option to choose to be the type of person that simultaneously acknowledges wrongdoing and also has room to forgive and learn from those experiences. Sit with the knowledge that nobody can do better until we know better. When you finish writing the letter, you can either burn it and release it or send the letter. Whatever is the appropriate choice for you. The most important thing is that we release it. Thank you for tuning in. I can't wait to talk to you next week. I'm sending you love.